Welcome back, everyone. This is a special edition of The Nest. I am Dane, your honorary host for today, and I am accompanied by the principal here at Doral Academy. Mr. Carlos Faraz is going into his fifth year of administrating and is going to walk us through what you don't see of the return to school. How you doing, Firebirds? True pleasure to be here with the great Dane uh, at the Firebird Nest. You know, we, we started this project uh, a couple of years ago. One of these things that came up overnight, you know, I got a little bit tired of doing our social media and uh, I, I'm not really good at it. So I gave it to those that are good at it who are our students. And since then, they've taken this off and true pleasure. Uh, um, I'm actually uh, impressed with the last couple of years and what, how far we've come and, and look forward to another amazing year. You definitely put it in great hands, the whole team. Yeah, you know, you know it's in great hands when it goes from about 2,000 followers to about 13,000 followers, you know. Uh, so definitely, it's definitely in good hands. So as you know, we're in, we're in our difficult times with schooling. And just a, few, just a few questions that we have here about COVID-19 and the whole schooling that everyone wants to know is just what are the, the specific protocols that you want everyone to follow through if you, once, once you start bringing kids slowly back into school? Yeah, so the first thing that we've done is that we've sent a survey out to check uh, what the status of, of families are in, 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 in reference to returning back physically or, or staying online. The great thing that we do have, Great Dane, is that you know, we, we have that ability to be able to do you know, that virtual education uh, paired up with an actual uh, brick and mortar education. So we've been able to equip all our classrooms with a mobile camera, um, a TV, a monitor to monitor the Zoom, and also a clear touch TV for, for that, that serves as a smart board. Um, we've also done uh, a lot of different things around the school um, to equip it to make sure that we're ready for that physical return. Um, the good thing is that the students are going to have an option, right? Students are going to have an option if they want to stay home or if they want to come to school and at the same time be able to keep their same schedule, same teachers, so it's not going to affect the flow and, and what's been going on throughout the year. But, yeah, it's been a lot of hard work. It's learning something new, you know. I, I, we've never done this. You've never done this. We've never been in this type of situation ever in our lives. So since it's something new, it's, it's a learning process. Uh, we're not perfect. We're learning from others. There's a lot of schools that have opened up already. And we're taking notes and trying to see how we can do to make sure that we equipped our schools to make it as safe as possible once our students come back. Yeah, and, and pa I know patience is key. And for example, I've seen the plexiglass that we have in the cafeteria. As we're speaking right now, we have a plexiglass right in front of us. Are you going to keep incorporating that around the classrooms? Yeah, so, you know, obviously we're going to force everybody to wear masks. There are certain areas that, you know, we feel that might not be suited to put the plexiglasses, depending on the voice and the anime, and being able to get around the classroom. Um, but we are going to go ahead and meet those CDC guidelines and make sure that we equip our classrooms as safe as possible. With that said, you know, uh, it, it's a tough situation. If you've ever gone to Publix, right, mm -hmm. and I know you guys have since the pandemic, you've seen all the arrows, and I use Publix because it's something that's very relative to everyone. Um, and you see the directional arrows and everything. And it's almost impossible for those individuals. And these are adults trying to follow directions. So I know it's going to be a task. It's going to be a challenge for us. But we're ready. We have administrators, staff, teachers that are going to work hand in hand together to make sure that we educate everyone. But please know that this is a team effort. The students got to come in here understanding what rules are and what they need to do to meet those CDC guidelines. And then staff needs to try to enforce the uh, best, best way possible to be able to go ahead and, and not only from the moment of movement and socially distance, but being in a classroom, going into a bath, into a restroom, 
cleansiness, cleaning your hands before you get into a class, you know, cleaning your sitting area, uh, sitting in every other chair that's going to be marked. We're going to have red and blue seats when we come back. So like that, a student is not sitting in the same seat every class. Um, we're going to alter, you know, uh, between, the a, between the first period and the third period or the second period and fourth period to make sure that students are sitting in different chairs and they're sanitizing. With that said, there's a risk, you know, and I don't want to go ahead and there's, there's a lot of talk out there about making a school safe. There's no perfect school. No matter how much plexiglass you put, no matter how much sanitation you put, these are kids. And kids are going to be kids. Kids are not going to wear the mask the way they need to. They're going to go ahead and break the rules and walk the wrong way when they have to and when they feel they have to. Um, they're going to go ahead and get into the bathroom. Instead of having two students in the bathroom, we're going to walk at some point and have 10 or 11 students in the bathroom because that's just what's going to happen. So it's, it, and I'm just being real. With that, we're going to be there. We're going to monitor and we're going to address and make sure that we try to follow CDC guidelines and do what we need to do as a school to adhere to this. But, you know, what I encourage is for, to make sure that students uh, become aware of what the rules are and the movement and, and follow the rules. And, you know, if we do that and, and we uh, are educated good enough and, and stay safe, I think that we can manage in, uh, through this tough time and hopefully in the near future or in the distant future that we can go back to our norm and be able to celebrate and do our things that we're used to. And that's what I signed up for. I didn't sign up for this mm -hmm. virtual education. I like having you guys here. That's what motivates me. I like students being in school. I like the teachers being here in class, and that's what drives me to come here every day. And that's my excitement, and, you know, we're missing that. And, you know, with that said, we understand the situation that's going on now, and we need to uh, be patient. But when we do come back, we're going to do our best to make sure that we, we adhere to the CDC guidelines and that we follow through with what we promise. And I, I got to say, I am impressed on how quickly you, you brought in the, the Zoom classes and the online, because I know... There was about two, three days that we had just to go over it, and then, boom, we're right into it. Yeah, so look, I give a true, all the credit goes to you guys, the students, uh, to the teachers. Um, we, we gave them a platform. Uh, we educated them in that platform throughout the weekend. I remember us having an emergency meeting on Thursday afternoon about possible closures. During the middle of that meeting, we closed. So we had to communicate to teachers, educate the teachers, train the teachers throughout that weekend. And I remember that on Tuesday of the following week, we were on. And you're talking about a school that has 4,000 students, right? We're not yes. talking about a 250 student school like the ones that you see around school, uh, around the news that are that, that everybody's advertising. We're talking about a real large school with every single program, athletic program, social program, uh, clubs, activities that you can think of. Um, and we were able to go ahead and go into that virtual realm and be able to do very well. Our teachers uh, took it in very well. The students, we had 99.8% attendance rates on a daily basis and that's a true wow. testament to you guys as students and the teachers for following up uh, and administration for being able to implement and do what we needed to do to educate and train and do what we have to do to be on um, I have to throw in there as you are you are bringing in students slowly as you're saying coming back into school what's the protocol for, for teachers let's say let's say there's a teacher that isn't comfortable coming back in are you going to make it mandatory? Yeah. yeah, so you're asking in regards to mandating teachers of coming back. You know, that's something that we're, we're now flushing out. Um, obviously, if there are any type of health issues, um, we're going to go ahead and, and look at those and, and see what other options we're going to be able to give our teachers. Um, with that said, you know, uh, we have sent out a formal email to, to everyone and basically it, it letting them know about a possible return date. We didn't give them an actual date because we don't know the actual date, 
But we asked them to come back and start, you know, uh, equipping their classes and uh, furnishing it and putting all their little, you know, putting their stuff back in and bringing all, because a lot of their materials are at home, right? Because they're teaching from home. Um, and, you know, we got great feedback. You know, there's a lot of teachers that want to return. Yeah, there's a couple that are hesitant. We will meet with those and do what we need to do to make sure we accommodate. You know, I, I like to be as fair as I am with the students. I like to be fair with the teachers. Look, this school is all about you as students. That, that's what this is all about. The Firebirds, the kids that come in here throughout every year, year in and year out, and being able to provide the best possible education and the best possible environment for them. And that's what my job is. And, you know, um, all I do is facilitate. My job is to try to provide the best avenue for you guys to be able to get to your goal and to, for you to be able to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish while you're here at the school. Yes, and that, that follows great into my next question because I am, I am a senior here, and I'm asking, of course, for the rest of my class, what are your, your plans or what are your goals for the senior activities that, that we have planned? Yeah, so look, I'm, I'm going to be straight up honest. I, I don't have an answer for that. And are we going to get creative? Yeah. I've met with SGA and our, and our officers uh, to go ahead and start coming up with some different types of ideas uh, to think outside the box. Um, last year, we were caught... Uh, by surprise, and, and I don't think our officers and I think us as an administration, we weren't ready with what, what, what came. So I feel we can do better. I think that there are a lot of things that we could do online as well as other stuff that can build up the morale at the school um, and be able to get back to where we're at. Because this school is all about, you know, being engaged and, and having the school spirit, and that's what we pride ourselves on. We had a, a great academic program, one of the best in the country, f f paired up with one of the best athletic programs or, or the best athletic program in the county and in the state of Florida. Uh, we were, we've received that award three years in a row. Um, and, you know, and we pride ourselves in that, you know, being not only being one of the best academic schools, but also being one of the top uh, athletic schools too. And then when you pair that up with all the different academic teams that we have here, I mean, it's incredible the amount of success that we've been able to have. With that said, I don't know what the future lies and how we're going to be able to deal with this pandemic as it gets through. I can't tell you how it's, if it's going to, if once we start opening up into different phases, if the, if the numbers are going to spike or not. But if it continues on the, on the route that it's taking, you know, I think that we could have some sort of, uh, some sort of activities as we get towards the end of the school year, maybe even past January. I can't, I can't predict the future and I can't tell you what the future holds, but I know what you guys are here for and I understand that you guys deserve nothing but the best and I will do my best to provide you guys with as many activities as they're allotted to me. Um, you know, I, I missed that graduation and I think that you guys deserve that on top of everything else that you guys have planned out for this senior year. With that, we'll be going, you know, uh, week to week and month to month following through and making sure that, you know, we do uh, provide you with the best possible experience. With that said too, We've already made deposits for prom, for graduation, as we're going to have it physically. I mean, mm -hmm. we're planning on having it. The only way, you know, and we've already talked to the different vendor, vendors and, and different uh, uh, locations that we're going to have our events at to ensure that if, for whatever reason, COVID does not allow it to happen, that we get our monies reimbursed so you guys don't lose those monies. Um, but, you know, we'll see how, how the cases, uh, how this develops from here to December and before then, and see what, what we're allowed to do and how we can get creative and being able to deliver that for you guys. Yes, and, and as you said earlier, there is gonna be a risk. There's no way that we're gonna be perfect. Yeah, and that's what I, you know, one of the things that I really, I, I heard United Teachers of Day yesterday, you know, talking about the, the, the not returning and that, it, 
I don't have that, you know, I don't make that decision, right? Those decisions are made from up above. My job is to, when we do decide that we come back, is to provide you the best possible environment to come back to. Um, but it's not going to be perfect. And I'm going to be a realist. It ain't going to be perfect. There are going to be some little corners and little areas that you might pass by somebody that's not six feet. You know, they encourage, you know, one of the things that UTD encouraged was for them to record and then send it to the social media. Listen, if you're worried about being close to a student closer than six feet, if you're worried about engaging with someone, if you're worried about COVID to that extreme, I would encourage you to stay on virtual and stay home. Yes. We have that option and it's a great option that we have that we give our students um, that you can either come physically or stay, or, or, or stay home and do it virtual. And it's gonna be your same teacher, same curriculum, you're not gonna mess a beat. So if, you're really, if you have those concerns and you feel that you, know, you don't wanna get it, you can stay home. You know, I think that, that that'll be, that's what I would encourage you to do. Um, because I'm going to sit here and tell you once again, it will not be a perfect situation. Although we have all the sanitation areas and the signs and everything else that goes along with what we need to do to adhere with CDC guidelines, we are dealing with students that are 11 to 18 years old and they're kids and they're going to break rules and they're going to do things that they're not supposed to be doing and they're going to walk through areas that they're not supposed to walk through. And, you know, as much as we're going to have administrators and staff, you know, it's gonna be tough to be able to control and make sure that everybody's doing what they need to be doing. So unless every student's adhering and following directions and they're doing this, you know, it, there, there might be some holes, as I like to say, in, in, in what our plan is as we come back. Uh, we will do our best, as I said before, um, and, and, and it is a work in progress because we're all gonna have to be educated. When we come back, it's a different return, right? It's not gonna be the same like we used to. Your, your, your walks to class are gonna be a little bit more lengthy. Um, you're walking into class, it's going to be a little different, all the way from the sanitizing of the chairs to when you leave and where you sit and where do you eat your food and lunch because you're not going to be able to be, uh, you know, at lunch. You guys used to love coming in and having a good time in the cafeteria and sitting with all your friends. Now you're going to be distanced. Now you're going to have plexiglass in between you guys, and you need to adhere to that. And there can't be groups in the cafeteria hanging out, talking to each other like we used to. So there's a lot of different things that we're going to have to really look out for to ensure that we do provide that safe environment for you guys. And as you said earlier, and I do have to give you guys props, you do get really creative, especially last year. Everything was last minute. You guys got super creative with everything that you guys did for the seniors, and they were super grateful for that. And, and you, like, we all take pride. At least I would love to say that we all take pride in what we do. And for like, I take pride, and I, I play baseball here, I take pride in... in Wearing Doral Firebirds across my chest. Great day. Let me tell you something. I graduated from Miami Senior High, and um, I bleed blue and gold. Now I bleed red, and you know I, I'm all Doral now. But um, that's one of the things that we wanted to bring. You know, is that that feeling of being part of something, being a Firebird. And when I say that after every speech about once a Firebird, always a Firebird, I mean that. You know, I think that when I began here in '08. You know, there was no school spirit. Yeah, there was not, not a lot of involvement. Um, and that's one of the things that we focused on. And trying to have tradition, man, that you feel proud about wearing that around on your chest. And that's what I work for, man. I've been doing this for since 08, and we're in 2020. I've been here for 12 years, going on to 13 years. And I've given my heart to this school and all for it to be the best of the best, man, to give you guys the best opportunity possible. And that when you go out there and you put that shirt on that says Doral Academy, that you feel good about it, that you're not embarrassed. You know, I've always had uh, an open door. Uh, I've always had an open door for every student at this school, for every teacher. Um, I feel that the only way you can make this school the best 
is by having that opportunity or having the, those opportunities for those students when they have issues or when they have some type of uh, ideas that they want to go ahead and make come to fruition to make our school better, that we give them that opportunity. And I feel we've come a long way, man. I feel when I wear that Doral shirt, you know, I feel good about it, you know, and I feel proud, you know, and everybody respects us, and I, or at least I feel, and I've seen uh, that, that there's a lot of respect uh, in every aspect for Doral Academy, what we've done for our students. When you guys go to college, it's incredible. I, I, I've gone across the country in different areas, and I've had a Doral shirt on, and people have recognized and they recognize. who Doral is, you know what I'm saying? So with that, uh, it, it's, it's because of you guys. You guys have made this special. Uh, all the way from academics to athletics to the social uh, uh, committees and, and, and individuals that we have here at the school that have really pushed the envelope and have really put Doral on the map. Hey, you said earlier, 12, 13 years, you're getting a little old, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. My, I might see that's why I cut my hair the way I do, because it makes me stay young. And honestly, you know what's funny, Great Dane, that um, uh, I've been doing this for since I was 16 years old. I started working at the YMCA working with kids, and there's been something about working with students, you know, I was affected and really uh, touched by a coach of mine, and that's why I'm sitting here today. I could have definitely taken the wrong route. You know, I went to uh, some tough schools growing up. Uh, I didn't have the opportunity you had of having a choice, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what Charter Choice is all about, having a charter school or an opportunity to go somewhere where you feel is going to benefit you. I didn't have that choice. I had to go wherever I lived. And it wasn't uh, the best uh, or the greatest location. And because of that, I went to a school that uh, I feel could have done better. Um, with that, you know, it did good enough. And I had individuals in there that made a difference for me and talked to me and guided me. And because of football, you know, I think I was, you know, kind of guided in the right direction. And, and I ended up in West Virginia and I had a great experience. And then, you know, I, I ended up wanting to give back you know, to the community. Uh, I did that when I was at the YMCA when I was 16 years old. I came back and I started working at the YMCA again. Once I got out of college and after that, I got into teaching and coaching. And to be honest with you, um, it got to a point where I was a little bit uh, stressed because of what I was doing. I felt like I could do better. And I got this chance of being an administrator. And then, then you worked your way all the way up. Yeah, but it was one of those things that, you know, when you find your calling, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I got into administration, man, and it was like, I felt it. And it's something, I really love what I do. I feel like, honestly, like I'm overpaid for what I do because I love my job. I come in here and I come in with a smile. I love coming to Doral Academy. I love the kids. I love the teachers. I love the environment. I love everything about Doral Academy, man. There's nothing that, no one that can tell me that there's a better school out there. For those students that are here, uh, I know that, you know, at first you probably you know, you hear that and you hear me say that and you're like, yeah, whatever. You get to appreciate once you grant, once you graduate. While you're yes. here, you're trying to get out of here and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. And, you know, kids will be kids. But when you get out of here and you're five, six years graduated from the Royal Academy, you look back and you say and you reflect and you say, man, I went to a really cool school, you know, and gave me all these different opportunities. And that's what we've been trying to do. My biggest goal was to create a menu for everyone, right? To be able to give opportunities for every single student that walks through these doors. No matter what your background is, no matter what your culture is, no matter what your situation is, I wanted to make sure that I gave you an opportunity to be able to come out and do what you wanted to do. Um, with that, I think we've done a good job uh, of doing that, and we've been able to really get some amazing success. Yeah, we definitely have. You mentioned that you, you played football. You said you played out there in West Virginia. So I know you, you can definitely relate to the athletes right now, um, the situation that we're going through. So what, do you, what, what are your recommendations for our mentality right now? And 
what what do you think what what are your predictions for what could happen later in the year yeah so it's unfortunate you know about what's happening especially for those students last year last year they didn't have a plan and pretty much uh, a lot of student athletes were left without playing on their senior year um, this year we have a plan there are individuals that are out there already I know football has began has begun uh, we are actually have solidified our season and we'll be opting into the playoffs uh, into the FHAA uh, playoff system um, so we'll be part of it and we're excited about that and we're going to continue to you know tread on with the other sports um, Mr. Perez our athletic director has been doing this for over 30 years although this is something new to him as well with the COVID uh, we're making sure that we adhere to, once again, to all the CDC guidelines, but our sports are currently uh, conditioning. Football officially started practice, and I know volleyball will, uh, and a couple of other fall sports like uh, cross country and swimming will begin shortly. But we anticipate, you know, obviously you, we had a couple of hiccups in the beginning trying to schedule and do what we needed to do to get this going, but it's going. Um, it's not going to be the perfect world, but, you know, it's like we said, a work in progress. But at least it's the, I think students this year will be able to have that opportunity to be able to get out on their field on the field and really do what they love, um, if this situation allows us to. Now, if things start developing and we start getting into a difficult situation, uh, we might have to do things a little differently. One of the things that we are going to do with sports is that you know, and, and this is first news because I've had a meeting with our athletic director this morning, is that we're going to try to influence and talk to our coaches so the the players during their season do the virtual so like that they can be quarantined not quarantined but they can be in isolation kind of like the bubble that they have in the NBA, the NBA similar but try to have our students only come to football practice and then go and do the virtual because what happens is that once those students are exposed to the school right and they're here if somebody in their class or in the cafeteria or in an area where they're at happen to be at the same place that they're at or touch something or come in contact at a certain point then those students are going to have to go in quarantine so there could be large groups of students in the school that can that can be going quarantine, be going home to quarantine while the other ones are still coming to school. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we create you know a good environment and also a good situation for those athletes that are participating in those sports that to be able to finish out their season once they start. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned you mentioned the the quarantine. Um, this is of course worst case scenario. I would never wish this upon anybody. But let's say we do have a positive. Uh, COVID case. What what's the? the yeah, are so we just gonna shut I'm going to be very transparent. We've had a couple already of different cases that have happened during our conditioning camps and stuff like that that we've done uh, in the summer. And you know it, it's been handled very well. Academica, uh, who was our management company, in collaboration with a couple of other individuals, helped us out through this whole process, all the way from contact tracing to informing. Uh, to going and making sure that we communicate with all our, our parents and, and students to ensure that they know that what situation has happened and then what they need to do to follow up. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to happen, guys. And that's one thing I tell parents. There is going to be a COVID case at the Royal Academy at some point. All the schools that have happened, if, you, if you've been keeping up with the news, there was uh, 10 schools that opened up that were, uh, or not 10 schools, there's several schools that opened up up in the Orlando area in the first week they had six schools that had to shut down. Okay, wow. so is it gonna happen? Yeah, it's a matter of how we're gonna be able to contact trace, identify, isolate, and making sure that we're sending kids home and we're doing the right things to ensure that we keep uh, as safe as a, a school as possible. But let's be real. You know, you know somebody that knows someone that's had COVID, that's been around COVID. At this point, we've all know someone. So mm -hmm. you never know when you're exposed, you never know when you're gonna cross that path 
we're ready. We're ready to, to, to uh, make sure that we inform and uh, isolate, inquire, and do what we need to do to uh, adhere and follow through when we do come up with a case. Okay, and just so you don't scare the, the incoming middle schoolers, the incoming transfers, what, what do you, what's your tips and advice to them coming into this, especially the sixth graders incoming? They're probably freaking out right now. Yeah, so yeah, that's the biggest transition I think is going from fifth to sixth grade, coming into Doral Academy and then seeing such a large school with these amazing kids walking around, and it could be intimidating. So those that are coming in probably going to come into a better situation because we'll probably have about half of the school here, um, probably a little bit less, but you know it's still challenging. You know, I I make sure you guys are patient. It, It is a learning process. It takes a little bit for you to be able to adjust, just like anywhere else. When you move into somewhere, when you take on a new job, when you go to a new school. There's an adjustment process. There's an adjustment stage. Once you get through that, then you're going to be able to fall into what you, you'll see that is one of the most amazing schools that you'll be able to be part of. So we're truly proud, and I can't wait to have those in. I wish we could have started a little earlier, but, you know, obviously because of the situation that we have at hand, uh, it wasn't the best idea and the best situation for us to be able to come back. So, Okay, I'm sure you guys are tired of hearing me and Farals go back and forth, so we're going to wrap it up right here. Make sure to check us out on our blog at dfbdigital.com. And also follow us on, on Instagram and on Facebook at Doral Academy. Um, you know, this is one of the things that we've been really uh, working on, and we, we provide a lot of uh, content about our school, about our, our activities, and I encourage you to follow us. Especially the TikTok at Doral Academy. Yeah. Yes, definitely go check and it out. And continue to tune in to our nest. You know, we're going to be having, uh, I, I don't know what, how many episodes a month, once a month. Is that what you're doing? doing once a week. Once a week. So we're going to do an episode a week. Make sure you tune in. There's a lot of cool stories that are going to be coming up. And well, Great Dane is going to be doing a great job throughout this year. So make sure you tune in to Great Dane. All right. We hope to catch you guys next week on the Firebird Nest. All right. Take care. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. This is a special edition of The Nest. I am Dane, your honorary host for today, and I am accompanied by the principal here at Doral Academy.